And welcome to another edition of the Elevate Students podcast. And uh, we are excited to be coming back to you today with another great episode. And we have a guest with us. As always, though, we do have uh, Nick Dobbinspeck on the mic. And then we also have Caleb Giambanco. And uh, we're excited about having him today in an action-packed episode. Uh, nothing but facts and straight fire that we're coming at, coming at you with today. So thank you for tuning in. And uh, today we are going to discuss... Um, millennial trends, Gen Z trends. Why don't they go to church? Where are they coming from? Uh, what is their home life like? And maybe try to boil down the spiritual exodus of young people today. Why don't we have as many young people in church uh, anymore? Um, you know, the, the trend is is, is that it's falling off. Att- church attendance is going down, and we see that. Uh, in many pew, in many uh, Pew research polls uh, and stats all over, you can see that people are falling off. We're going to throw it to Caleb first. And Caleb, uh, talk to me about, I want to hear from you. What was your Gen Z? Is that right? Uh, correct. Gen Z. Tell me about your home life and, and, and people about uh, people that are your age that you grew up with. Like what kind of atmosphere were they growing up in, even as far as uh, like spiritual things? Well, so I uh, I grew up in a Catholic household, and my dad coming from a very heavy um, uh, in Catholic culture as he when he was a kid, and so he brought that to me. Um, but uh, especially around in middle school, I learned that a lot of people aren't really you know, religious, like my age. And, um, and I have to believe that comes from either, you know, parenting culture or just the times. And, um, yeah. And so you see, even though I didn't have the clearest picture of Christ given my childhood, I did have the belief that there is a God ingrained in me, which I thank God for. So, but I do see that. And even though I'm not, you know, as old as um, some other people, I can still see that there's been a change in the United States in the past five, even five years, I'll say. So. What, what leads you to that conclusion? Well, just, just seeing everything, you know, and I do believe technology does play a part. But um, I, I see that, you know, kids are more, they're, they're, they're all about, chasing like i mean I'll, I'll say like just like false delights yeah. like a false the, the the lifestyle that our culture promotes which is completely backwards compared to truth and in light of eternity so how, so you grew up in a catholic household yes and you know more specifically uh primarily my dad was you know, Catholic. And so, and I'm not even going to say, you know, we're, we were all devoted, uh, cause we just went to church. Um, I just went to church with him around up until middle school and I was baptized when I was a kid. So, and, and, um, but yeah, around middle school, we, uh, I guess just stopped going to church. I mean, we only, we went every, um, you know, on the holidays and stuff like that, but it was, uh, more of a cultural thing. I think that's a very good statement that he said that most people only go during the holidays. So I feel like the reason why people go to holidays, because that has always been a norm to go during Easter, Christmas and everything like that. And I feel like if they went during that one Sunday, 
it's a feel good moment. Like, oh yeah, I did my part. So, but what happens though in the, like what leads to that? Because like your family, you went to church. There was a, a time where you were going every week, every mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. going to mass. Um, and so was some, did something happen where, you know, you guys just, the church attendance fell off or was it just, it got old? You so know? I, I believe it's, uh, it well, yes, I, I believe it did just, um, it, it got old. And I will say, um, I'm not sure a lot of people do know this, but um, I only live with my dad and my mom's side of the family is separate. Though, you know, there's there's nothing, there's nothing, um, there's no drama, any, you know, lingering nowadays, all that is we're all, you know, hap- happy together. Um, but I, yeah, I will say because, you know, he was raising me and um, he was, you know, busy at work. And so I will say it's, you know, partly because he needed to um, just, just busy, but also, uh, I will say, yeah, it did get old. So, so it was just old. Um, so it was just getting old. There was not a, a moment where change your perspective on what you were believing and what you were doing. Like, was there anything like that? Was it the church? Was it your faith? Was it family? Like, because I hear that a lot, that most people, they, they stop going because it was drilled to them when they were a child and then they just felt peer pressure to go and then they stopped going or a situation happened at a church where they just think that every church is like that. Um, Elaborate more on that. Like what happened with you? So specifically for me, I did believe that God existed, but I will say every time I, I thought church was really boring. And so I didn't really know like the reason why we're in church and like, yeah, it just, it was all kind of unclear to me. And I thought I saw God as more of like a set of rules and, you know, I have to do good and that. And so as I grew up, uh, I had, you know, even though I had the, the idea that God was real ingrained in me, it didn't, it, it, it's not the problem that, um, like I was like an atheist. It was the problem that I didn't want to, uh, I needed to come to God. And so I was just off putting that because, I thought at the time that my lifestyle was more rewarding. So I think that's really interesting. And I think it's a great perspective. Is, is that, you think that's a story for a lot of people you grew up with too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that is like probably one of the biggest reasons people don't come to God is because they want to still pursue and just, you know, enjoy the, the sin that they're in. Yeah. And so and transitioning over to Nick, you grew up here at Clover Hill. How old were you when you started coming? Um, I think I was like eight. Eight. And then uh, you went all the way through high school, as far as I know. And then, uh, uh, so so talk to me about that. The falling out part? Oh, okay. Um, so I grew up in church. Um, my grandparents instilled into my mother. Mother instilled it to me. I remember when we were young, we were looking at churches. We, I mean, we probably went to, I mean, five different churches. I mean, it was probably like once every other week and try to get a good feel for it. But my mom was trying to find something for us because that was big for her. And then we came here for a VBS. So I'm huge on VBS because that's how I became in a church. And I believe that's how, you know, I think most kids, mine, I mean, your, your daughter's age and eight and everything, that's how they start getting to church. And so... That's how I came here, and I've been there, been here ever since. Um, I did have some falling outs though, where my lifestyle overcame my faith, 
And unfortunately, that's a really bad thing to say, but you know, we're going to be honest here. Um, I was starting to get into a lifestyle of drugs, alcohol, young age, where I had to, and I was a single mother. Uh, I wasn't a single mother. That's, <laughs> see, this is where we tell you we mess up, and this is where stuff where we can't edit out. So I lived with my mom, who was a single mother, um, and I was still connected with my dad's family. There was no animosity or anything like that, but it was just her. And I had a mindset where I didn't want her to worry about me because I have another brother. Most people don't know that apparently that I don't have a, that I have a brother. And um, I wanted her just to focus on him because it's hard being a single mom with two kids. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to provide for myself. I'm going to do me. Don't worry about it. Now, obviously, my mom still cared for me and everything. But, you know, I did a lot of things myself. I think at the age of 14, I had three jobs. And I did construction. I worked at a grocery store and I did uh, landscaping. And I would make decent money and I would work on the Sundays as well. That's when I stopped. But then, um, you know, when you're in the construction field and landscaping field, you know, you hang out with some people that don't do the right things. And I had, a, I mean, I had a mouth. I, I was like cussing like a sailor, man. Like it was crazy. Um, and then a guy came up to me. He's like, hey, I have another way to make money. I was like, oh, yeah, what's that? And it was, unfortunately, drugs. And um, had some situations where I learned a really hard way. I had to learn how to fight. I had to learn how to, you know, show different personalities to protect myself and to help others that I was with. Um, then a certain situation happened where God literally slapped me in the face and I woke up and I was just like, man, I was like, look at what I became in just a span of a year. And I was like, man, that's not right. So I went to church and what I did is the way how I became more involved in church was because I knew that if I had more free time, I'd go back, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not saying that temptate that I'm weak with temptation. It just just knows that I know what could happen. And I needed everything to involved around God. And so I did church. Um, I ran track. And I mean, I was booked. I mean, but that was a good thing. That's what I wanted because I knew if I had a little ounce of free time, I'm going to go back into that lifestyle. And so ever since then, I've been loving God, praising God, thanking God for every single day. Because if I did not, if God didn't slap a situation in my face that made me go back, I probably wouldn't be here today, honestly. I really wouldn't. And that is why I praise God every day. That's powerful. So, okay, so you came back when you were 15, 16? Yeah. From all that stuff. And then you're here. Um, and if you're willing to talk about it, because I think it speaks to the topic. Um, so you were you here until about a year ago, something like that, nine months ago? Yeah. Are you, is this okay? This is Okay, so because I think I think that I think the next thing we're gonna talk about speaks to a little bit what happens with young people. They get out of high school and just cut me off. All right, we get out of high school, we get other focuses, we start to date. You know, we get a, we get a we start our career, go to college, and we have all these distractions. And so, tell me a little bit. Don't you know? Don't don't go crazy. But tell me, tell me how that, ha like, lead me up to that. Um, 
you know, how those distractions and be as specific as you would like to be, um, how they just, how they get you away. So we don't have video, but whenever I know it's going to be a good topic, I start laughing and I'm like, I get excited about that. Um, so yeah, I did have a falling out. I stopped going to church. Um, man, how old was I? I think 20, I think I was 20. Um, I had a falling out. Um, I did get in a relationship and I mean, disclosure, this is nothing towards her. I'm not trying to bad talk her, I'm not trying to bad talk her. She's still great, great female and everything like that. Um, but it's really, but it was an eye opener as well. That makes you think that you need to have someone that is the same spiritual aspect as you, you know, it always says in the Bible, you know, you want to marry a woman that is leveled with you spiritually. Mm hmm. But you know, Every, I mean, everyone says that, you know, I'm kind of that person, you know, I have to go through it to understand it. And she, she believed that there was a God, but she didn't go to church or anything like that. And so her atmosphere of how she did was not going to church. She knew that there was something, but didn't really aspect it. She had a belief of science and God had hand to hand. Like she believed there was a God, but she believed that there was a big bang. So that was her mindset. And as again, not judging her, but then I started to get into that mindset, not the big bang or anything, but not going to church. Um, I was really overanalyzing a lot of things that happened here. And I took, and what she took upon herself as her opinion, it started to become my own opinion, which made me fall out. <laughs> so what falled out, um, that's what had my falling out. And we went to different churches, but it was just, it was always something. And I was like, all right, just, we're just not going to touch the subject. So I stopped going to church mostly for her for about a year and a half. And, um, certain situations arise, um, arise during that, um, relationship where it was not good for her, but also not good for me. And, uh, my best friend Donovan, like how I always talk about with him, um, I remember it was a Saturday and he opened my eyes. He's like, you guys are not compatible for each other. She, um, he said, she wants one thing and you want another thing. And that's not a bad thing. He's like, it's only going to hurt both of y'all in the long run. And cause you know, in relationships, most people think in the now you have to think about later on how it's going to be with your family, how it's going to be with you two together, how it's going to be in, with God. Like, how is God going to be in your relationship? I used to have a famous saying, stop listening to other people because there's only two people in a relationship. That is the wrongest thing I've ever said. It's three people because God is the glue in a relationship. And I wish someone would argue with me on that one because I can, we'll have a good conversation on that one. Um, but there was no God in our relationship. And so we had a talk and we ended things. I would like to say it was mutual and everything like that. I'm not going to go so much into it. But um, now, you know, when I do look, I I look for if they have a relationship with God. You know, I, I look for that because I know if they have it, that's going to help me out. And that's not saying that you can't date someone that is not saved and lead them into salvation. But my personal I need someone that has a, a relationship with God because of that weak-minded mindset that I had when I was younger that I need that, so.
I might I, I might disagree a little bit on that. I I don't think that a Christian should ever date anyone that's not a Christian, um, and and to each his own. Um, but I, it's like a, it's two different worlds, and if you don't have that that worldview of okay, uh, you know I believe in Jesus and my life's purpose uh, is to serve Him, and if you have that and they don't, I mean you're going to be totally against. And unfortunately, what tends to happen, and it kind of the way you told that story, it kind of happened that way. Maybe she's saved, but definitely has a different calling and a different purpose for her life. And, uh, and, but I'd like to highlight in your story the part that Donovan played where he said, look, man, wake up. You know, like you guys are two different people going in two different directions. You got to figure this out. You have a similar story. I do where someone was influential in your life saying you got to come like come to god man yeah yeah so it all started in um i'll just say high school it it was a uh, one summer one summer i uh, was exposed to nicotine alcohol weed and um I'll, yeah just that but that is like that's a lot yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, and yeah. all at once especially and so all it, all it took was just that one summer and then it just went from there and at the time i was also into um i was also into music i will say ungodly and it just it it, it just it goes it slowly you know you know like when you're a kid you know you say i'm never going to do this and then you know when when you then when you start drinking then you say okay okay but but i'm never going to do this mm-hmm. and then so yeah but like that that's how slow satan works it's like it because the way he works it's like it's like yeah you're not gonna notice it and it's gonna be enticing when he does put something on the table um and so yeah i just i I just went further into the party crowd and meanwhile still having the same idea that god was real heaven and hell was real and i just suppressed that you know because you know i wanted to keep living this way and my idea was, I'm just going to turn to God when I'm 30 so I can party and have fun now. And I even remember, even before I was saved, I remember my friend telling me, if you died right now, where would you go? And I'd say, I'd go to hell. And it's scary for me remembering that because that is true. But I didn't know the depth at which I was saying that, you know, scary. But yeah, and, you know, all it took was, I'm not going to get into, you know, the physical aspect, but I will say that um, it all it took was one night and God was calling me. And I remember I was in my room and I just called out to him. And in that moment, I felt such a powerful feeling of love come upon me that I just I like I burst into tears because mm-hmm. it like it wasn't from me. It was just like all there in I like it's. It's one of those things where I didn't know enough of, about God to know what was happening, but I knew it was God, you right, know? Right. And it's like he had my back the second I turned, even though he was knocking on me, knocking at the door my whole life, I the second I turned, he has my back. And uh what's what and so for me, I'll just I, I believe it happened also fast. And um and so from that day on, I just, you know, I I, I dedicated my life to him. Because I just I saw how real it was in, uh, and I meanwhile at this time I'm still you know, p- 
periodically hanging with the same friends. You know, I'm not like going to church. I, I don't have a, a new friend group. I'm, you know, because I'm just recently saved. So your so your instinct to call out to God in that moment, that was purely just drawing from what you had learned as a child. Yes, yes, and and I will say, you know, I'm be, because of that. I wasn't against God. Mm-hmm. I just put him off, and it wasn't like something I like. I buried deep down in my heart and stuff like I would say it like you know like I I'm, I believe, I called myself a Christian even before I was saved mm-hmm. and and I remember even praying in uh in middle school for things and of course it, my prayers were answered because it was the wrong intention and even in my room I wrote on the wall saved and, and I wrote the date and that was one year before I was truly saved really? yeah and I, I so I was like I was trying to find my way and this and that but I but the only thing, the one barrier that stopped me is seeing that it wasn't worth it. And so I believe God, I believe that's where supernatural came into play. And God, you know, he threw uh, an occurrence my way, which I'll just, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a repeated thing that I kept seeing over a time span of a couple months. And it happened more frequently until it became every day. And eventually it was just something that w- it couldn't have been a coincidence. And that's what clicked in my mind all that once. And that's when I had to pour out my heart to him. And yeah, and, and in, the, in the Bible, and I didn't even know, I would never read the Bible at the time. And so when this did happen to me, I couldn't, I, w- I tried to describe it the best I could. So I was writing a paper. Meanwhile, I was writing the, I was reading the Bible, but I started in Genesis. And so, so, so I, I pour out my heart to him. I get saved. I, I feel his love. I start crying. The next day, I, I, I and I'm, I'm being serious. I, I start to look at life through a new lens, but I can't put my tongue on what's happening. It's like I feel something is different, but I can't just, I can't, you know, I can't put my tongue on. I can't describe it. And my desires start to change. You know, the same things I, you know, the same things I took pleasure in before I was saved. Now I'm starting to not like it. And so I, I feel a change and that's sin, you know, and because when you're a child of God, you feel guilty when you do sin. And that that all, all that proves mm-hmm. that you're saved, you know, yeah. that there is a war going on. And so all the, from that point on, it's been just a process of sanctification, you know, oh, letting big go. Word, big word. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not and I, you know, and I'm not perfect. And sure. and so from the time I was saved it was a constant going up to the top of the mountain, seeing the amazing things and just telling everyone about it. And then maybe I fall into sin and then I, you know, temporarily lose the joy of my salvation. Um, maybe I don't feel God's presence as closely. And then I restart that process of coming back to him and climbing up the mountain, which is a scary process. And I hate every time I sin because I throw away, it feels like I'm like damaging our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then like I, in the moment, I feel like it's worth it, but at the at, after that, it's like it's not because I, I feel unsecured now, and mm-hmm. I got to make my way back up there, and I want to see more. You know um, that uh, analogy that Pastor Mark had on his sermon, where those who don't know God, they just see a few stars in the sky. Sure. Those who those who know God see stars through the binoculars. And then those who seek God constantly and thirst after him, you know, they see more. And 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 that's I love that. And and with that being said, I love to say 
that there is no difference between the Apostle Paul and everything he went through in us. There's no difference, you know, in the, like when Peter, when he was crucified upside down on the cross because he didn't, he didn't feel like he deserved to die in the same death of, of his Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that because I can say with humility that I still, right now, I don't see what he sees in God. Though I know God is that great, I want to see what he sees in God. Right, right. Man, that's so good. I feel like I need to go like do some drugs and stuff for a little while <laughs> and then come give myself a chance to come back to God. <laughs> if I ever hear you do that, <laughs> I, I will come down like thunder and lightning. All right. But one thing, one thing that I really like that you said, and I appreciate again for you sharing this. Mm-hmm. I know it's not easy, mm-hmm. but one thing you said was, I'm going to live my life right now, but when I get older, like 30, I'm going to give it to Christ. Mm. That is, I feel like that's everyone's Uh, mindset. That's everyone's mindset. But, you know, I'm going to do a little preaching real quick. (laughs) Um, My thing, if I had to give, if I had to say something to one of these kids, I would say do it now because life is not guaranteed. I already know people that died from car accidents, from drugs. Mm. I've known people that killed them stuff. Um, kill themselves and I've known people that have been murdered I have been there I have seen it all life is not guaranteed and when it's not guaranteed and then your faith is not guaranteed that means you going to heaven is not guaranteed do it now I kid you not you won't regret it but it's hard and I'm not gonna lie to them it is hard religion your faith living putting your trust in God is not easy but at the end, it is worth it because knowing that you always have someone that's going to have your back, it's huge. Amen. It's powerful because me and Caleb, I know me, um, you can agree with me, Caleb, that that lifestyle is temporary. Mm-hmm. That lifestyle never has your back because once you leave, they leave. And once you think that you oh, yeah. got their back, they don't got yours because they only care about themselves. God cares about all of us through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think that's those are great points for sure. And uh, one thing I'd add on to that is, you know, the life of sin, the Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. And uh, meaning that that time of debauchery and, and sinfulness, I mean, when you're in it, it's probably, I mean, I can imagine, it's probably pretty fun. Like, you know, you got stuff going on, there's people around, you know, it, it's parties and all that stuff. And uh, so at the time, you know, maybe like the next day, it's not as fun as it was, you know, the night before. But, um, you know, that life that is truly surrendered to God uh, is so much better because you don't need all the things and, you know, all the um, like the the simple, the stuff that you thought made you happy before. Mm -hmm. You know, once you get saved and you give your life to God, like, it, life is so much better because you, you get happiness and you get true joy from what God has done for you, not what you've done for yourself. Yeah, th- there's a peace that you can only feel when you're in a relationship with God. Because, yeah, you know, I will say, you know, the reason why I did partake in sin, because it was enjoyable to the flesh. Mm-hmm. But it there was I had the weight of the world because I put since I put my faith in myself instead of God, I like you know the world crumbles it you know i can't i'm doing all i can to fix it and there's there's no rest mm-hmm. 
it, it's it's hard to explain, but you know, you're you're having all this fun, you're partying, but when you go to sleep, there's no peace. Right. You you have the worries of the world, and the feeling that you know when you have a relationship with God, with of course you know, thank God that He's in a holy and great position. It is the greatest feeling in the world when you're going through life and He's holding you. Yeah. So no matter what happens, you know, yeah. no matter what happens. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And uh, so my story is a little bit different from, but from both of you guys. Uh, I had, you know, I had two parents um, and, uh, you know, I had more, I had security and stability and not that it's a, it's a bad thing at all. And because I think there's, I think there's uh, y'all's testimonies is amazing to, yeah, and it, and it mm-hmm. truly is. Honestly, it's just a different perspective because, and my point is, so I, you know, Christian school from uh, seventh grade, um, seventh grade through high school. Uh, you know, I had all the opportunities in the world. Uh, got on a scholarship program uh, to go to Bible college out of high school, and um, and I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a preacher since I was twelve years old, and it never changed. Like, and you know, I never said, "Oh no, I want to be a cop." You know, I, I never said that. Not that that's not honorable, but uh, I knew what I wanted to be. I knew what God had for me, and. Um, so I had this stability and then and there was a lot of people in my life, like everybody else in my life was that same way. They had, um, you know, at our, at our small school, everybody had two parents, everybody had, um, you know, they, they had a good education and everything else. But now I look around and I'm trying to find them now. And I'm like, they can't hold down, you know, some of them, uh, some of them are doing really well, but a lot of them can't hold down jobs, you know, can't hold down a relationship. Um, life is kind of in shambles and I got people, I got people that I grew up with that don't even know who they are. Like they're, they're trans now or whatever it might be. And they're trying to figure out, you know, they never really learned the, like the point of all this, Mm -hmm. like point of Christian education, point of Bible college, point of church and everything is so that we can get a relationship with God. Like if you don't catch that, yeah. What is the point of all this? Yeah. You know, in all my childhood of going to the, the Catholic church, even though I wasn't, um, actively engaged i will say it never crossed my ears that someone told me that it is a relationship with god i never heard of that like had that in that and like you said that is the most important point because if you don't get that point then you can't be saved like what that's so true because people like to put their faith in people and not in god because that's what i feel like most people stir away from that's why i asked you it was there a certain situation that happened? Because I know a lot of people have said, well, this person did this and this person did that. I said, well, that's not God. Yeah. Mm. God God wouldn't do that. That's why I feel like if you really do have a relationship with God, all that other stuff wouldn't matter, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, and when when you put your faith in man, that's when you'll fall. I got I got pastors that, that I had that are in jail. I have pastors who had affairs and, and succumbed to addiction that they had in the past that they had overcome. You know, I got, I know people all over America um, that were in the, in the ministry, like serving God full time with their lives that like bombed, like historically, just insane, um, you know, did crazy things. And now they're in jail or they're, they're disqualified from the ministry. will never be in again. And, and then the people that followed them, for instance, I had a pastor who uh, had an affair, you know, messed up, just blew it. And um, people around me, we had people leave our church after all this stuff happened. And it's like, well, you were coming to church for this for this man. 
mm. for this pastor. Right. And you and they were burned for sure. And everybody was who wasn't. But they never came back because their whole identity spiritually was around this man. Wow. Yeah. And people are still struggling today because of that. And I, I think it's a huge reason why, um, you know, millennials, gen, the older Gen Z, where, you know, you're in your 20s, you're in college or, you know, you started your career, all that kind of stuff. Huge reason that they're out. If you ask anybody who attended church regularly as a child that no longer goes to church, I bet top top two or three reasons why they don't go to church now is because they got burned by a person in church. And it, to me, that's so sad. I'm not saying like stay at a church after you get hurt. You know, like if somebody hurts you at church and it's intentional and it's all this, if it's a pastor or whatever, I'm not saying stay at that church, but don't like don't give up on God. Mm-hmm. God didn't do that to you. And uh, I think that's that's so important. And I, I think another one of the um, another one of the reasons why we're seeing less and less church attendance, um, you see in polls taken of the Southern Baptist convention of uh, their churches and just churches in general just across the board we're seeing less and less attendance and it's historical like it's never been this low <laughs> like like ever mm. as it is now and i think a lot of that is because of the family never before have we seen um single a uh, single motherhood rates uh, or single parent rates this low we've never seen um you know, dads that don't step up at the rates that we're seeing now. Um, and I think that has a lot to do uh, with this whole spiritual exodus that I mentioned in, at the very beginning. Parents, it is their job to disciple their kids, to train their kids. And we pass it off on youth pastors and youth leaders, and we passed off this responsibility the greatest responsibility that anybody can be given is to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And parents have dropped the ball like big time. And I don't know you guys aren't parents, but you understand because I mean, you're, you're out, you're out of all that. Yeah. And you see how when a parent doesn't disciple their child, like how do they know any better? Yeah. They're going to, they're going to learn from people who also don't know. Yeah. And, but do, do you know, like, where where do you think we can put this like do you, do you think we could identify a certain generation to where it just flipped because i see like i see like a trend in like everyone's life where well i'll say you know generally speaking where someone uh goes down a wrong path and then they learn right from wrong and then they turn to god and then they teach their children, but their children cannot trust the words of their parents for their life. And then they have to experience the same thing that they did and then, you know, turn back around. Like, yeah, I think so. It's personally and just and a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this started with the greatest generation. They came back from war um, and uh, the the American system of you know, okay, you get a job. So you grow up in a home with two parents. Uh, you get a job out of uh, out of school or, you know, as a teenager, you get a job. You start working, you learn a trade, you get married, you have kids, you're in church. Like it was a, like church was just what you did. Like everybody went to church on Sunday morning and then you learn about God. Then, um, then you have like Vietnam and just fast forward a little bit, but 
you have Vietnam and then you have the opioid crisis and you have, um, you know, it's, it's promiscuity, it's Woodstock, it's, you know, it's all the, um, you know, uh, sexuality is okay and everybody should partake in, in and how and, and how you should yeah uh, sex drugs and rock and roll i mean it just took over uh, our society and you had you had draft dodgers in vietnam and, and it was just all this and it's like why are we fighting a, you know this war that kind of seemingly ended in a tie and it kind of feels like we lost a little bit the first war that like you know yeah world war ii just a few years earlier not that people remember world war ii in in vietnam and World War Two, we definitively won. I mean, it was like there was no doubt if we won or not. Yeah. People come home from Vietnam, it's like they got hooked on drugs in Vietnam, uh, and the opioid crisis is just it's just taking off. It's insane. People don't they're out of their minds, mm-hmm. and the family just goes by the wayside. And increasingly, like it's uh, the um, the single motherhood rate is uh, is lower now than it was in. Uh, in the black population in um, in Jim Crow, mm. it, and it's it's amazing to see the downfall of the family. And I think it started with boomers um, and is the, probably the worst, where they weren't teaching their kids anymore that yeah. it's about a relationship with God. And then you, so then boomers go to church, they don't teach, they force their kids to go to church, but their kids don't really get it. And now you're seeing the boomers' grandkids in church now. They're our age. And they're nowhere near mm-hmm. church or God or anything else. And uh, so somewhere down the line, we stopped discipling our kids and training our kids. And uh, and we failed. I think it has a little bit to do with the environment, honestly. You know, because as kids from 5 to 18, 80% of their days in school and I remember in ninth grade, they taught us about evolution. And I kid you not, we, I mean, they did talk about religion, but the aspect of how much time they took was little to none. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I kid you not, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in ninth grade, world history class, Mr. Adams, that's how well I know it. <laughs> he was telling me about evolution and everything. And we had a test. Oh, I remember we had a test about evolution and everything like that. And I put all the wrong answers. There are some questions I didn't even answer because it didn't have one of the multiple choice saying God created the heavens and the earth and everything Mm. like that. And I would like to say I was a decently smart kid, at least in freshman year, and then it just went downhill from there. Um, He came to me and he was like, so uh, what's going on? I said, I'm not answering these questions, man. And he was like, why? He's like, you know the answers. I was like, yeah, I do, but you don't have them on the test. Mm, and he was just like yes i do it was the big bang we grew up from monkeys i was like i said okay Mm. i said and i literally had a debate with him i literally tested him i questioned him and he was speechless and i remember he said he's like we came from monkeys it's proven and everything like that and this is the one statement i always say i say okay so if we came from monkeys why are there monkeys right now you know, like, you, you know, like and it's such a basic question. I know there's so many other questions I can ask, but that's usually the one that stumbles everybody. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't say anything. He's like, well, I'm gonna have to give you an F. I said, that's perfectly fine. I'll take that F with a heartbeat. I do mm-hmm. not care. And unfortunately, I had to, this was when I was in track and I had to skip an event that I had, um, that I worked really hard for just because I failed a test. But you know what? I don't regret it not one bit. My mother said she is not mad at me one more time. She's not mad at me at all. And yeah, no, but I think it's the where school is. 
because they mm. force that evolution. They force Big Bang because they want everyone to think the same so everyone can do exactly how they want them to do it. Yeah, I, it's, it's amazing to me how parents can send their kids to government schools and and expect them to not come out liberals and heathens. Mm-hmm. Like, I said, I said that in Sunday school. And it, was, it was kind of funny, but but it's true. It's like, I, I have had parents, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, right? I've had parents come to me and say, we, be, we believe a certain way and we always have and we know it. You know, whatever, whatever that is for you. But they say, my kid is hearing all this stuff at school and they're coming home talking about, they believe like literally the opposite and they're angry at, me, at us for what we believe. And it's things like abortion, like central issues for Christians, where kids are going to school and coming home, uh, you know, spouting some crazy, um, you know, dogma of the of the left, of uh, of the extreme uh, political spectrum, and and I think it comes down to why do we send our kids to public school? I I get mm-hmm. you know Christian school is expensive, all that stuff. Homeschool, F- like figure it out, do anything. You know, to me, it's like there's no, there's never a good enough reason to send your kid to a public school. Like whether it's it's money, uh, it's time, every other excuse that people can give, it's like, well, what is your kid worth to you? Mm. You know, is it is it worth you having a couple extra bucks in the bank, uh, you know, not taking a, a pay cut or uh, taking a little bit of time off to do school, you know, switching up your schedule? Is it worth keeping your schedule now and losing your kid in the end? And uh, parents have to make a choice. It's just, it's really what it comes down to. And, you know, they're trying to, like literally in, in bills they're passing now, they're they're trying to uh, have state-sponsored preschool and they want to uh, add on a couple more years of college and high school and everything else. And it's more, and it's like 20 years, 22, 23 years of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. And then we're wondering why our kids are turning out. Yeah, yeah. And it's I, it's are. definitely dangerous because... It's uh, that environment itself, too. And, um, yeah, and as you said about the government, and I could connect that to the news, how, you know, everything is biased and everything, there's always one person at the top that, you know, he wants you to hear only what he wants you to hear. So we're not getting the full truth. And we're getting, we're like, it's like we're taking the truth from unfiltered, no, no, from filtered you know, outlets. So it's all controlled. And yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, with going to the public and private schools, yes. And, but also what I also think about is when the parents do send them to public schools, which again, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to judge on where you send your kid at, but also, but if you send them to a private school, to a public school, still teach them, you know, Mm -hmm. because what I've noticed is that what they, what, what parents do is when they send them to a public school, be like, all right, good luck, learn everything. So I don't have to teach you anything, make my job a little easier. No, like school is a battlefield of every aspect in life. If you're going to send your kid to a public school, make sure you're still mentoring them, teach them the right way and everything like that. Private school, you know, send them Richmond Christian, you send them to Banner, anything like that. 
obviously still minister to them. But that, but when you do that, you don't have to worry so much about that. But when you're doing public school, still minister to them because it's easy to get uh, get corrupted, like how I told you about that history class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not even a big believer in. Uh, and in private schools, you know, like some private schools are just as bad as public schools. They're learning the same stuff. Uh, you know, there's no real, you know, difference between a, like a Christian school and a public school. Is maybe you have a chapel once a week, you know, but it's like you're still getting the same influences. And, uh, and, and t- there's teachers just like there are at public school. And but it, it comes down to parents have a responsibility to teach their kids. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're failing as a parent. Yeah. There's no excuse to not teach your kid uh, the Bible, about life, it, about all of this. Why, why are we preaching on Wednesday nights and stuff and kids are hearing these basic Bible stories for the first time at 14, 15, 16 years old? Parents are Christians. Parents are here. Wow. And they're hearing them for the first time. They got no knowledge of the Bible. And it's because we're not teaching our kids anymore. We're trusting other people to teach our kids and expecting them to turn out the right way. And it's a shame. It's a shame. I was talking this morning about, uh, in Sunday school, about um, uh, getting married young, having lots of kids, <laughs> replacing yourself. And uh, and I, I'm a believer in that. And I'll preach that all day long. I got, we got married. I just turned 23. And we had a kid uh, a year and a half later, something like that. And, um, you know, and I... Okay, would I maybe slow down on the kids? For sure. You know, I was not ready. And But I will say this. It's the best thing in the world. It's when you've been trained right and you understand the purpose of marriage and having children. And those things are blessings from God. And it really is a worldview. Because now you're seeing people our age and, uh, and, and coming up now where they have no desire to get married, to have kids, um, yeah. they got, they have no, uh, there's, there's nothing there as far as what's next. Yeah. Who's absolutely. next. And it's not, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's not like you can put a law out to fix it because right. it's not just one problem. It's like in all areas, it's getting worse. You know, it's not just abortion is that one problem. It's not that, you know, the, the media is making everyone seem like they're racist you know, it, it's it's not, it's like, it all comes down to like, just, I think people just need to come back to God because only through Ooh. God can we love each other and a lack of love promotes selfishness, yeah. which our culture thrives on, you know, when these musicians blow up and they, you know, and they, they, they get, they gain all these followers. And may I say that, you know, an artist, their followers, that's the church of the artists yeah. and they're just bringing them down to destruction from their lifestyle and their mate painting it in all pretty, you know, colors and all that. But yeah, I, I, I like to, um, yeah, I, I thought about it. It's like, you can't, like, we can't fix the United States by, you know, implementing all these laws, right. Amen. you know, cause Amen. I feel like, yeah, I mean, we can touch base on, you know, drug use, abortion, you know, all like all this stuff. And if we, even if we put all those laws into play, they're still going to, you know, I don't think there's a better way to end it right there. Yeah, this is, I think this is a great way to end it. Um, I'm going to end it off this time. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. As always, love God, teach your kids the way of life through God. Caleb, I want to thank you for coming on here, sharing you. your story and everything. And we will see you guys next time.